Open your eyes. This is America. The greatest nation on Earth. Where rats have it better than Italian children. If we are to build an empire of hope, we must first conquer New York. Our New York is being threatened by a wave of brown-skinned filth. They just keep coming. We ought to ship them all back. We have to show America we are all people of dignity. I want to build an orphanage. Be careful. This place will eat you alive. Even the Pope cannot protect you from what may come. I am unashamed. What about you? Well, in our current uh, status in these United States of America, there's a little bit of a wrangling over the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg who served on the Supreme Court for about 27 years, I think it was. I've just observed, I I read what all the founding fathers had to say about the Constitution, about mankind, about a country, about a country's laws. James Madison, pretty well the architect of the Constitution, wrote it all down. People were there to advise and all that. So James Madison speaking on behalf of the group, the men of that day in positions of power, political power in these United States of America, which were they're laying the groundwork for it. John Adams, after reading the Constitution, he said, this Constitution was written for a religious and moral people. It is wholly inadequate for any other. Well, 200 years later, through that passage of time, if you read text in the Bible, I think, I think Madison was very aware of Romans 15. Everything in the past was written for our learning. Mm-hmm. So... In other words, and like uh, all scripture is God-breathed, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, doing what's right, so that the man of God or woman could be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In lieu of all that, some approach the Constitution to this day Uh, And they look at the document and they say, well, during the time frame of late 1700s, the application might have made a lot of sense. But 200 years later, the mores of the society has changed. There's only one lawgiver and one judge, the one who can save and destroy So a human being comes along and says, let's stand on that when we, let's be aware of the God of heaven. They prayed 
before the Constitution was written and came forth. They were men of prayer, sinful human beings, trying to lay a bedrock for a free society. So some 200 years later look at that and say, I'm a strict constitutionalist. If that's what it says, that's what it says. These guys did all the debate 200 years, 240-something years ago. They debated it all out, and they say, here's the document. It produced the greatest nation on earth. Any way you want to slice it, that constitution being the bedrock of the great, as it turned out, the greatest nation on earth. So some come along, and it's starting about 50 years ago in the 60s, people started stepping up and say, well, you just can't go word for word, verbatim, First Amendment, Second Amendment, the Bill of Rights. You can't just hold to what they said because it, it, life is ever evolving. The times have changed. Times have changed. So, you know, I know it's God said don't murder, and the Constitution has yeah. covers that. So when you really get to looking at it, in my humble opinion, for the ones who have superbed on the Supreme Court, over the last 60, 70 years since I've been on the earth, all I can say is there's a vast difference, a vast difference between the Supreme Court and the Supreme Being. Oh, yeah, that's good. So you look at what both say and you're like, I mean, if you sanctioned murder of your children in the womb, if you sanctioned perversion, well, I think it's uh, it, 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 it's. I, I'm just looking at it and saying, it's not based on the, the truth. No. Well, there's there's a, a civics one on one one lesson is that uh, the the judicial branch is is there to interpret the law, not legislate the law. So there are uh, 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 parameters in place. If you want to pass a law, if you want to ratify the Constitution, there's a way to do that. You do it through the legislative branch. That's who legislates. That's who passes legislation. The the, the executive branch, executive executes the law, and the judicial branch, they interpret the law. I think what's up for debate here, and kind of just to simplify where we're at with with the next Supreme Court nomination— uh, there's two there's two basic veins or two uh, uh, veins of thought uh, that are competing with one another. One is 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 the strict originalist, which basically means that you just you read just same thing on them. By the way, with how we talk about the Bible, it, it, you read your hermeneutic is you read the, you read it as it was intended, and then that's that's their only job. Even if they disagree with it, it doesn't matter. It, 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 they could totally disagree with it, but you have to read the law as it was intended to be written. You're not legislating from the bench. You just I'm just reading it for what it says, and then I'm going to tell you, oh yeah, this is what it says. And 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 the other side is saying that we're gonna we can change the interpretation based on society. Well, that it, you can't change the interpretation. You can change the law. Mm-hmm. You can vote people in office who will change the law to whatever you want. And like to your point uh, or James Madison's point, um, our system um, will not work for. A, a society that has abdicated any allegiance to the truth. Uh, so that's why when James Madison said it's wholly inadequate for any, uh, what was the quote, wholly inadequate for uh, 
non-religious or immoral yep. people. Yeah. Any other? Yeah. What was the quote? You yeah, yeah. Which one are you talking about? The James Madison quote that our Constitution. Oh yeah. Uh, John Adams said the Constitution was written after he read it. Yeah. He said for a religious and moral people, it's wholly inadequate for any other. The problem is the any others. Yeah. They've been rather prolific in the last fifty or sixty years. So you say the any other. They're trying to be basically saying you can be good without God or what he had to say when he gave the law. When, yeah, when but, he the, gave, but, but the reason why it's inadequate is because if, if you have to have a standard of truth that is not determined by us. Because if yeah. truth is determined by us, the people, or or a group of nine judges on the Supreme Court, or even the president of the United States, or if if we determine the truth for ourselves, and, and and as opposed to discovering it by revelation from God, then the question becomes, which one of us gets to determine it? And right. it's, it's the because one that's got power. And, and, there, happens, and there's the rub. What happens from my simplistic brain? Because y'all seem to be. Uh, you know, going into the deep water. But I look at it like, just like the Bible people do, our leaders do with the Constitution. They come up with what they think is truth, and then they go to the Bible or they go to the Constitution and they try to change it to fit their belief system. Yep. And, and especially with the Bible, which is what I'm into more because I read it all the time, you see it all the time. Someone has an idea that they think this is the way society should be or this is the way this needs to happen. And then you it's it's weird how once you have your mind made up on what you think the truth is, you can pretty much find any support in the Bible. I've had people argue the exact opposite of what the Bible clearly says, even on, you know, all kind of moral issues. But they're just trying to make it fit and work because they believe what truth is. Mm. So that's why all of a sudden they're like, well, this didn't mean this 240 years ago when it comes to Constitution. That should be changed. They were wrong about that. That all started from an idea that someone had that they deemed as truth. Yeah, you can you can make the text fit whatever you want it to say. We have that's right. We have the word of the prophets, Second Peter one nineteen, made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it. That includes the giving of the law of Moses and all of that. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. Above all, you must understand. You must understand and get this on straight that no prophecy of Scripture, the document I'm reading from, no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, which goes to the Supreme Court. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, ever. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stand on that. And when I read this, to me, this Bible is the final word. It speaks of where it all came from, the cosmos, where we came from, 
what, are, what we're doing here? What should we do? And is there a way out of here? To use Jace's terminology, it's all here. Yeah. And, and, and you read the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, irregardless of the law system. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you read those things, you say, that would be a great culture based on the Word of God. It would be a terrific culture to go in there and start when it says, do not murder. Jesus said, uh, or you'll be subject to judgment. Jesus said, I tell you that anybody who hates his fellow man is subject to judgment. Yeah, because it comes down to the heart. But you think even about how that got started, look, on abortion, they took, they, as in people who came up with this narrative, they said, well, because most people, you look at a little baby and you're looking at a woman's belly, you make the connection that the baby was a baby before and after, most people. But what happens is you say, well, but I believe it should be a woman's choice. So that's that's their fundamental argument, which they're in. They're admitting the ability to choose, which we believe is a God-given ability. So they're taking a God-given ability, from my view, and then they took an exception to the norm, which is what happens if a woman is raped? Well, what do you, you know, then, then, I mean, she didn't even cause this to try to fit a narrative of, well, it's a woman's right to choose. So it's really, and it's not a baby till it comes out. It's just part of her tissue. So what I'm saying is they had an idea and then they start trying to make an argument based on one difficult, because it is difficult when a woman gets raped that we have a difficult situation here. Of course, us as believers, we know that God, it's not that he just produces life. He is life. Let's take a quick break on that one. I was doing an event the other night. A person came up and said, I want to thank you so much for the podcast. I was like, awesome. You know, we're sharing Jesus. And she said, well, yeah, yeah, but you introduced me to Black Rifle Coffee. I just wanted to thank you for that. I was like... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's good coffee. I don't know if it's as good as That's Jesus, what I though. Thought, but hey, they liked it. It's good. But you guys, because y'all, you guys, uh, I always mention, I mentioned this last time. Yeah, y'all are very particular about your coffee. You think? I mean, that's been a, that's been a, in fact, the first in the woods with Phil episode we did was, I think, you drinking, uh, a, making a, how to make a cup of coffee. So you've been doing this. You've been at this a long time. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, one of one of our sponsors. Um, you guys got to check them out. Uh, get the freshest coffee in America, and you don't even have to leave your couch. Um, so go to blackriflecoffee.com slash fill and use our promo code fill, and you get 20% off your first purchase. Uh, that's 20% off your purchase uh, at blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. Use the promo code fill. We're always going to choose life, but they're they're not checking with this. So they're trying to change the Constitution. They're trying to change 
because you and even in the Declaration of Independence, you know, that is part of we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights: the right to life, to live. One lawgiver, so one judge. It seems to when I'm looking at it, the Constitution is lining up with the Bible, which was your original point. And so other people are getting together and say, what can we do to change that? I know. Let's take the most difficult situation we know of and try to change the whole thing. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's how it happens. That's what I'm saying. You have a narrative in your mind, and you play a little game. You try to get talking points where you can get people on board. And the bottom line is anything that ends in death, especially of something innocent, and in my opinion, made in the image of God, you took a wrong turn. And the slaughter continues. Yeah. And as I said earlier, vast difference between men and women on the Supreme Court in some earthly kingdom and the Almighty God in heaven. Well, vast to, difference. To your point on the Declaration of Independence, um, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting because you got you got uh, Thomas Jefferson who who wrote that line that you mentioned, and uh, he was influenced by a philosopher named John Locke, who also, so you got Locke kind of as the as the guy who influences Jefferson in, in the American Revolution, but he influences uh, another philosopher, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, in the French Revolution. And that didn't end up the same as the American Revolution. It ended up with chaos and tyranny and the guillotines. I think we've talked about that on here before. Um, but the reason... <clears throat> is that, uh, as Phil said, you have to have a non, uh, I, I want to use the word arbitrary, or a non-movable, a non, there has to be an anchor upon which you build everything. Yeah. And, and and Jefferson, now, I don't know if Jefferson was a believer, I wouldn't make that case for sure, but, but he at least pragmatically understood that if we're going to build a system. Or in a society. A society, yeah. We we need to understand a couple things. One, we need to understand that man is very sinful and capable of all sorts of evil. All men, all men. Lord Lord Acton said that uh, you guys have probably heard this quote: that power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So the idea is when we concentrate power in its purest form, I don't care who it is. I I couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle that kind of power. Why? We're sinful. So the goal is to take power and build a system and a society that that, that that has checks and balances. And the Supreme Court, when it was established, was established with the idea that man is is wicked and, and will hurt you. And we don't want to put any kind of—we don't want to let any man ever get that powerful. The other side of the argument believes that man is perfectible. And so, oh, no, we're, we're all good, and we, we, can, we can actually be perfect. And if we get the right elites in the right place— then they can be they're smart enough to determine for the rest of us how we're going to run our society. What we're saying is that doesn't line up with the scripture that all men are sinful. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 3 is pretty clear about about the state of man. I mean, we it's yeah. not it's not good. And so when we come to the discussion right now, I mean, we, just think about it. Do we really believe this is what I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg her legacy will be. Uh, Scalia um uh, watched an interview with uh Napolitano on Fox, and he, he, before Scalia died, he, he said that um, Scalia told him that, that she would have a, a bigger legacy than, than even Scalia because of how she's moved the, the court. She was an activist, and, and essentially what she was saying is, is, that, is that, and anyone who would support that, is that they're smart enough and brilliant enough 
and gifted enough and talented enough and wise enough, this, these nine people, that they can overturn the will of the American people, that they're smarter than the collective will of, of us. And, and, and we just don't and believe they're it. they're edicts, Trump's gods. It does. And so, so when you get to the, the concept of truth, which is uh, we're in John 14, if we ever mm-hmm. get to that. I mean, this is, I love, I love the fact that we're in John 14 at the same time that we're talking about the Supreme Court, because this is about truth. Ultimately, here's the battle. Who gets to determine truth? Do we determine it, or it, or do we discover it? Is it revealed by God? And John 14 is this great text because Jesus in John 13, it's it's uh, you know he's basically saying I'm about to head to the cross, I'm leaving, and you can imagine if you've been walking with him for this time period, how devastated well, you might be. But look, let me jump in. Even that in that conversation when he said right after when Jesus said in 13, well, I mean. Uh, Let's see, where am I at? Uh, you know, 1336, he says, right after he talked about love, he says, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later, which they had no idea what he was talking about. We get it. Yeah. We know he's dying, he's going to be, and, and he's going to come back to life, but he's going to go be with the Father. But, but we're looking after at it after he did it. Well, right. <laughs> they're there before he did it. Yeah, they're like, what are you talking but about? But I, I love this, and we didn't bring this up last time, but Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Now, which sounds great, but Jesus replied, will you really lay down your life for me? Now, there's a question mark there, and then the next phrase, I tell you the truth, which is implying you're lying. Because trust me, before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. It, it so reminds me of that movie that came out, which is what Hollywood does. They take a biblical principle, and we don't notice it. I mean, I'm looking for it, so I'm picking this stuff out. And they say, you know, I can, I can hear them at the Hollywood production meeting and say, like, look, let's let's get a funny guy and let's make it where he can't lie. And so then everywhere he goes, he just has to tell the truth. And it'll be hilarious because no one does that in our society. Y'all remember the movie? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's liar, called, uh, liar, liar, baby. Liar, yeah, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. And so he goes to the office and, like, you know, you got drunk last night. You're you know, you're fat. You're fat. <laughs> you're bu- everything he had. It was and it was actually funny. But you sit and chuckle and you think, well, here's Jesus. There was actually a person that was like that. That is is that. Of course, if you told the same people who made the movie, they're like, no, that's absurd. It's a comedy. Nobody could have the ability. So when. Peter said, I'll lay down my life for you. Well, it was a, no, you won't. You're lying. I tell you the truth. So that's the prerequisite for what happens. So he gets to 14. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. We, we've read this over and over. But I think when you, when you see where the conversation started with this, I'm incapable of lying. For real. So then he says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, 
I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I mean, this is a person who cannot lie. So right there, you've seen him do his miracles. You should be on the edge of your seat saying, whatever he says, I'm doing. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. He can't lie. This should be comforting. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So then, what I believe, Thomas represents every religious group in the world when he makes this statement. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Because you think about all the denominations in our world. They're all trying to find the way to the Lord. You say, what is the difference in that church on one street corner and the church right across? They got different paths which is disturbing. Now, they'll say they don't. Oh, no, we're all... But then, if you get out in the parking lot and you start asking how you're getting there and how you're getting there, an argument will develop. Because they're like, well, I'm not getting there that way. That's why I'm over here. And watch what he says, which is the bedrock for what we're talking about. Jesus answered. So he, so he asked, "We, where are you going? How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. The three things we just talked about in a, you said, what does the Supreme Court have to do with what we're talking about? And he basically talked about the way off the planet, the truth while you're on it, and the life. Because if you don't have life, what do you, what's your alternative? Yeah, let's take a break. I mean, one of the biggest problems now that Teal season has started mm-hmm. is I keep getting my well I get debris stuck in my hair and it's it's frustrating because I have to cut it out the positive of that is that I have hair which stuff is getting stuck in that's true <laughs> well if and if you don't have hair we're at it again with our sponsor keeps i i I bet you this because these guys have been sponsoring us for a while i bet you the unashamed nation men have the best hair of any other people group (laughs) out there i I guarantee you i bet our audience has has the best hair out there if you've noticed uh, your hair isn't looking as full as it used to and you're losing a little bit of uh, hair uh, go to keeps.com slash door and you will get 50 percent off your first order of Keeps uh, Hair Loss Treatments. That's a Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door, 50% off your first order. That is Keeps dot com slash door. Keeps dot com slash door. That, that's, uh, that's incredible because uh, this, we skipped over verse 3 a little bit, but think about what Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Um, you mentioned that the uh, the number one question of the religious people is, what is the way to the Lord? I would probably change that a little bit. I think the number one question is, what is the what they're asking is, what is the way to heaven? And what they're missing is that heaven yeah. is not a place. Heaven is a person, because this is what Jesus says. He says, I, I will come again and receive you to myself. So I'm going to take you to myself. Look, you know how you know how I know you're right, which is my point. When I've heard sermons given on this, they talk about the place. 
they talk about heaven and the rooms and they're describing heaven. They go to Revelation and there's jewelry and there's yeah. yeah and I'm like, you missed it. If you read this section again and focus on I and my, mm-hmm. watch what you find. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. (laughs) And you want to talk about the place, the house? I think the point was I. So (laughs) to make your point, when the Hebrew writer got down to a, a critical thing about telling the truth and lying and what God said he's going to do for the human race, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose, which thought what Jesus was doing with Peter and him, very clear to the heirs of what was promised. You know, you where, what's the way, how we're going to get out of here, what are you going to? He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, he's, he said, I have spoken and I have said that I will get you off planet Earth alive. And here's the good news. I can't lie. It's going to happen. So what? We who have fled two impossible things for God to lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope offered us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So basically he says, let me tell you something one more time. I will give you immortality, and the great news is I can't lie. So that means, oh, it's going to happen. I like that. And the immortality is is the, being in the presence of Christ. So like the question, what is heaven? Heaven is being in the presence of Christ. Well, would it matter to you if you were in a shack with Jesus for eternity? You won't care. You wouldn't care. It's his presence that 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 look that, that when you when war. you're taking a trip, now just think about this practically. I've had this argument many times. So we're taking a trip. What's the first question? Where are we going? Where, where are we going? Well, that ain't my question. What's your question? I'm like, who's going? <laughs> <laughs> if the right people are going, guess what? You don't care where you're I'm going. I'm in. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the typical yeah. religious person. I'm, I'm asking where <laughs> You fell going. for it. <laughs> it was a trap. <laughs> they said, where are we going? I don't care. My wife's going, I'm in. Where are we going? Then that's my second question. But I believe that in Jesus, that was his point here. That's why he said, I, me. I. He gave him all the clues. Then he said, well, we don't know the way. He's like, hey, you idiot. Well, he didn't say idiot, but he's like, yeah. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. You, you know me, which was his point, was it not? Yeah. It wasn't about the description of the place. No. It, it, that's why later, you know, he says, we're God's building. He, he makes all these things that doesn't make sense. Well, how, how, how are we God's building? Which I, you know, make the argument about the, God doesn't live in buildings. Yeah, he lives in people. He lives with people. So my my whole point is, you know, number one, I guess two points. Number one is when it comes to voting, I mean, I've, I've said many times, I stay out of politics because it just seems slimy. But, you know, the other night I got invited to uh, introduce 
Don Trump Jr. because they were doing a fundraiser here in North Louisiana. And so, uh, and you, I think, asked me if I was interested. I don't know who to ask you or whatever, but, and I was like, I have zero interest. I think my exact quote is, I have zero interest in this. And then I said, if Don wants me to come, he'll send me a text. You're like, oh, he has your number? I'm like, yeah, we're friends. And so the next morning, I'm like, I took care of that. I'm in a duck blind. Well, and I think I kind of chastised you because I was like, look, that's fake news probably. Somebody just saying, oh, Don Trump Jr., he's not coming to Shreveport. I, that's what I was I just pass along the invitations. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the duck blind. It's like 545. My phone goes off. I'm like, ain't but a couple people in the world that I know of would be texting me at 545, you know. But I look, it's Don Trump Jr. He's like, hey, I hear I'm seeing you tomorrow night. And I'm like, oh, I guess he, I guess this is legit. And so my point is, you have an election coming up, and you have, even though I'm not into politics, I'm going to vote for the person who more is in line with what we just read. Who, it, it, whoever is going to support the way, the truth, and the life, that's where I'm going to vote. So here I know the Trumps, but I knew them before they we're running for president, which so I so you thought what what are you gonna say? So I go to this thing, I just say what happened. I was like, it's interesting how I met the Trumps. I walked into their hotel, New York City. I thought, boy, good times have come our way. <laughs> and I think the line I said is because they gave me ten minutes before I introduced him. I said ten minutes. I said that's about how long it took for me to get escorted out one of the Trump hotels looking like I do. <laughs> Within 10 minutes, they said, get him out of here. And they did it respectfully and professionally. And I didn't even blame them. I took up for the guy who escorted me out. So then I said, I said, so when it came to, to President Trump saying he's going to build a wall, I knew he's going to build that wall. Because <laughs> everybody was looking befuddled like, what do you mean? I said, because when they saw a threat to their hotel, they put a wall in between them and me <laughs> immediately. And I thought, Garen, they're concerned about security, which I like. Yeah. And so then I, I said that they sent me an email after it kind of went viral because I thought it was funny. And I, I didn't know this whole episode with Oprah had happened where she got offended because she was at a store and she was going to, you know, it's, it was pricey. And the, the person working there said, uh, you know, I don't think you can afford that because she wanted to look at something. She like a, like a pretty woman moment. Yeah. She didn't Big know. mistake. Well, Huge. well, Oprah got mad. Just like, you know, racial profiling. Of course, I'm sitting here. I got facially profiled. And I I didn't think it was a big deal because I thought, no, the guy thought I'm, you know, a vagrant. And I don't blame him. I mean, I, I'm pretty unkept. So they said, well, next time you're up here, we want to. We want to uh, take care of you. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew the Trumps were, and I thought, I will see what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went back. Take care of me. Yeah. I sent him an email, and I said, I'm coming back. You know, we were doing whatever. And he's like, meet me at wherever, some golf course in New Jersey. And so we went out, played golf. They didn't play with I think it was, I think Willie, it was Willie and, uh, and me. And, but when we come back, they said, let's have lunch. He said, we want to, you know, talk about a few things. So let's, I, uh, let's break real quick. Hear the rest of the story.
So you're happy with your cell phone plan right now and your carrier? Cell phone free zone. <laughs> so Phil Phil has a cell phone free zone, so he's he's yeah. perfectly happy with his carrier. I don't know how many are out there, but everyone I ask to the person 100% when I say I don't have a cell phone, I never clicked onto the computer, what am I missing? Yeah. Every one of them say. They say nothing? You're missing nothing. Well, for the for the well, I have to have a cell phone or I wouldn't be able to operate the business. But yeah. uh, and you wouldn't be able to trade your stocks, right? Well, you, they wouldn't you be hearing what we're phone. saying right now. Yeah. That's true. So in modern society, Phil, the cell phone is here, and it's yeah. going to stay. I'm not fighting it. I'm just yeah. deciding. Yeah. Not so to if you're it. but if you're gonna if you're going to get a cell phone, you might as yeah. well go ahead and go to patriotmobile.com slash phil. That's patriotmobile.com slash phil and get a free activation. Uh, plus a special gift with our offer code, and our offer code is Phil. Um, or you can call uh, the U.S.-based customer service team. Um, well, that's nice, a U.S.-based customer service team. Yeah. And, and yeah. This is, this I don't is, have one, but, but I, I don't it, care. I'm happy for you if you yeah, do have one. This is for your imagination. Imagine if you had a phone. This group, they're going to take the money that you give them for the phone, and they're going to send it to things that you would enjoy but knowing no one can contact me is a blessing yeah maybe so you, just, yeah. it's all in your brain this is a just imagine just imagine this yeah so if you yeah. want to if you want to call the the uh u.s based customer service team uh that's a uh, 972 patriot 972 patriot or again you could go to patriotmobile.com slash bill So I thought, what are the Trumps going to talk about? I thought you would think, well, maybe they're talking about they're going to run, their dad's going to run for president or how we can go in business together or whatever. What we talked about was how to help kids with craniofacial issues. Because they, when they researched who, who they had escorted out, they said, good grief. They have a charity, and they're the biggest donors I know of of kids with that condition. And we spent the entire hour talking about that. Well, that impressed me because I thought of all the things we could have talked about. The last thing I thought we were going to talk about is helping kids. So we got to be friends. And then the next time I saw him was when, when the, their dad was running for president, Phil endorsed another candidate. You and did so, that, Phil? Yeah. And Don, <laughs> Don Jr. sends me a text and says, what's up with your dad? And I said, Hey, he's his own man. He said, well, I'll be there tomorrow. Or is it, is it duck season, right? I was like, yeah. He said, well, you care if I go hunting with you? I was like, I don't care. It's a memory. <laughs> he showed up to take three days. And Phil was pretty impressed with him. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the best shotgun shots I've known. Yep. So anyway, back to my story because I'm rambling. But I spoke. I got up there and said, look, uh, I stay out of politics, but. I'm friends with Don Jr. And the reason I think people are uncomfortable when his dad speaks and, uh, you know, says whatever he's, he's thinking at times, I said, I don't believe they're politicians. They were business people who said, we want to help America, and I believe their heart's right. And I said, I'll tell you this, and this is the statement where the crowd got up and cheered. I said, I believe they're sent from God. Now, a lot of people probably just fell off their chair, you know. It's like, what are you talking How can you say that? Because 
I thought about that quote that Jesus said where he said, wisdom is proved by right by our actions. Because Jesus had, a, in Matthew 11, had a reputation for being a glutton and a drunkard. We all know that's not true. They attacked him because they were scared of him. And so he made that statement. When I look at President Trump's actions, he's done more for people of faith in his decision-making process than any other president in the history of our nation. That's correct. So I'm like, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm here for. And then I did a little illustration. I said, look, the reason it's so difficult and the reason everybody's so open up in arms, and I'm not defending every little thing. I'm just going by that because I vote based on God's qualities being helped. Anything that's going to revolve around the truth, the way, Jesus, the life, that's what in life I'm going to to vote for that. So I made a practical uh, analogy about I said I'm one of the few people in here, probably maybe the only person. Of course, the swamp people were there too, so maybe they've seen it. But I said I've actually seen what happens when a swamp is drained. I said it's stinky. There's snakes everywhere, all kind of predators. And I said then the buzzards gather. It's not a pleasant place. Mm-hmm. I said, so all this turmoil you see and toward the president and, and toward him leaning toward people of faith, I was like, that, that, these are the kind of things that happen. I would call that. Yeah, normal. when all that was going on, I was behind Ted Cruz, uh, the senator from Texas, simply because he was a strict constitutionalist. Well, so he, was, well, you know, uh, he uh, he's on the short list. I, I think Trump's going to appoint a woman, but uh, Cruz is on the short list. Uh, but when in. he when Trump axed him, yeah, well, then it got down to Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, and yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, I said uh, somebody said he's some kind of New York businessman. I didn't know anything about Donald Trump. I've seen him yeah. from time to time on you know on the news reels, whatever. But I thought, well, if he's if he's Going up against Hillary Clinton, I can't vote for her for sure. I said, "Well, Be- I guess I'm a because the principles are not lining but up with the truth." That because is correct. I, I think, as kingdom people, though, I do think that we have to make sure that what we're not saying is that Donald Trump is the answer. We believe Jesus is the answer. We there, there, there's there's flawed men, so I think that. Yeah. And I do think there's some, I think that that there's going to be a unique opportunity. That, that's why I, I focus but, more on on the uh, on kind of the idea of what this is, and I look at it as the as there's two warring factions. God uses pe- people people who don't even understand that. Oh, I agree. Look, you know? Zach, I've often told people because it offends people when I say I'm not in politics, and they're like, "Well, don't you vote?" Yeah, I vote every time. People go out there and gave their life so we would have the freedom to vote. I am standing in line or I'm mailing it in. I am voting. I'm all for voting. Me too. But you got to remember, it's like what Phil said. We're, they're all flawed men. You know, I've, I've had many Christians come and say, how can you be friends with, you know, I saw on Facebook you went hunting with Don Trump Jr. I mean, do you hear what his dad said? You know, they were talking about the locker room talk controversy or whatever. I'm like, well, yeah, I, it was horrible. Next question. I mean, I'm like, okay, do you remember when Biden was, uh, when Obama got elected, he leaned in and you could hear, I mean, this is the first speech by Obama when he got elected. Big effing deal. Yeah, he leaned over there and said, this is a big effing deal. And I thought, why would you say that 
when, when you're out there right here where there are cameras around, this it was so offensive to me. However, I'm saying both cases are bad. Well, you got to vote for somebody. If you you can pick out stuff like we're we're talking highly flawed individuals like we all are, so you have to have some basis to cast your vote. I'm always going to lean toward things that help. I think the kingdom. Having said that, whoever's been the president for my entire life, I don't think I've really seen any major difference in my day to day life in the last fifty years. I mean, we all get bent out of shape. We all you know, get passionate about it, but when it comes down trickling to my my normal life, I hadn't seen a whole lot of difference, no matter who's the president. Let's take a break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. Well, have, have y'all, or am I wrong? Well, I think it's a. I think there has been a slow grind. I don't. I, I don't put erosion. Th- yeah, a slow erosion. I think has happened over my lifespan um, from forty forty three. Um, but I and I've kind of had a metamorphosis of my own. I, I do think that that where we're at culturally right now. Um, I don't really fit into either. I don't fit into the partisan game anymore. I ran for Congress. Y'all know that. I, I mean, I was. Yeah. 2010, I was you know all in, and um, I, I I just think over the, over the years and being so closely connected with some of the people who have ran some of these movements, um, I I I'm just keep coming back to who is God. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you I, realize that, which is what I told you. The solution to the problem is not the president. Yeah, I, I just don't. It's know ultimately that. Jesus. But you're, I mean, you love Jesus. You're a very smart guy. And I'm like, why spend your time talking about policy? I'd rather you spend it on Jesus, which is what you're doing now. But you need, but you need yeah. to have policy discussions and whatnot. I agree. Because I, you I know, agree. and so I, th- this is where I struggle. Because you look at like uh, uh, communism or Marxism, which is a political economic philosophy, and you look at the fact that it's responsible for a hundred million people being murdered, and so ideas do have consequences. To quote the late R.C. Sproul's, but you know, so so we 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 look at this. We think we we can't not just say, "What well, we're not going to discuss this." I'm just going to go strictly spiritual, and that's kind of a Gnostic view, anyways, of the of the world, which is an ancient heresy. I mean, I mean, I got to be involved. So it's it's this tension. This is where I'm at. Just a full disclosure, and so it's a tension of knowing that. That the, it matters. I think what I don't want to get into is where my politics becomes my identity mm-hmm. as a Christian. My identity is a blood-covered believer, yeah. yeah, and and that's my identity. Now I, I I involve myself politically, but my hope is not in the Republican Party. If it was, I would then we're we're done. We're done for. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up because we don't have really time to get deep into this. But before we did the podcast today, I was talking to y'all about in Acts 19, right after 
you know, a miracle happens, and and it that makes a statement in 1918. It says a number. Uh, Where let's you see, in Acts 19:18, it says many of those who believe now came and openly confessed their sins, and a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly because they had come to Jesus. And so, in verse 23, about that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because here you have spirit-filled men who are going from town to town, and they become known as the way because they're focusing on Jesus who said, I am the way. And this leads to a riot because in that day, the people's belief system was in this temple of Artemis where they were basically, it was an idol, and they believed it was from heaven. And they had their narrative of how life should be led and it wasn't about confessing sins and living for Jesus. And so they're, they're, they were threatening the disciples of Jesus, which, look, they all eventually were killed because of these types of situations. And I just thought to myself, here we are a couple thousand years later. The same stuff is going on. The reason we don't write, you know, if my guy doesn't win, I'm not going to write because my hope's in Jesus. I say, I, you know, you want to you do something about it? Share Jesus and change the hearts of people. That's the way you're going to win the world. You want to change somebody's vote? Change his heart. But if my guy don't win, I'm not going to riot. It's weird how on the other side, if the non-religious, the non-focused, the guy who's putting, you know, more of his uh, intensity in, in Jesus, if, 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 he, if he don't win... What happens? I mean, if he wins, they riot. If he don't win, they're happy. But those are the two choices, which I think is disturbing, which shows you a lot right there. Uh I mean, what happened when Trump got elected? Riots. Guess what? If he wins again, you know what's going to happen? People just, I remember seeing one video, which I don't even look at the internet, but I just remember somebody was just hollering, just, ah, and they had zoomed up on it. It was like the funniest meme of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just blood curling screen. <laughs> Which I don't really think there was a they I don't think I think they've been shocked at how he has embraced people of faith in his policy. But uh I've I've enjoyed it. I mean I, I think great. I'll I'll do it. I don't care how much baggage you got. Yeah, it, it, we 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 are in interesting times for sure. I mean I uh, I just got through reading a book called um, what was the name? A Revolt of the Public, and this guy who wrote this book was a CIA analyst, and um, and he was predicting a lot of what's happening now in the CIA, and they were and, and he was talking about kind of this this uh, protest. He calls it a, a culture of negation that everybody's negating something. It's just like we're all just mad, mad, mad. We're just all ranting against something else. As opposed of uh, as opposed to having a progressive, I don't mean progressive liberal. I mean as a forward thinking, positive. Here's where we're going. It's more like that's wrong. And I uh, think they do that because you're listening to human beings who have no hope beyond this life. They, yeah. They, can't, they they don't know anything about the way. Well, I, I would I would add they have no hope even in this life. And I think that's right. I I, what, what, I think but, I think we should. I mean, look, isn't that interesting how they were known as the way? 
Why don't we just put on our church sign, the way? The way. We were, is we that were, not scriptural? In the book of yeah. Acts, we were called the way more than anything else. And if you look at the context you just saw, it's a capital W, which tells you that, I mean, it's, it, it, I think, again, it, the truth, Jesus is the truth. He doesn't, like, come up with the truth. He is the truth. God is truth. God is love. God is the way. So everything is, is that, being personified. It, it's hard to get your—the reason we say focus on Jesus, a lot of people, they say they're focused on Jesus. And then they focus on issues. Focusing on Jesus, when you start really seeing what that means, if it's incapable of him to lie, and you have all these red letters, so just think about, because when it all boils down to it, look, you got, you say, what does this mean to our listeners? You got a guy here listening, just a normal fella. You know, his wife's mad at him, whatever. Kids are off the rails. He lost his job because of coronavirus. He doesn't want to get to coronavirus. We've got all this social unrest going on. You start looking around, you're like, I need some direction. Mm-hmm. I, what? Where could I go to find a place or a person who could give me some sound advice? What we're saying is, focus on Jesus, is you go to those red letters and you read over them and you see what he's like, and all of a sudden it'll make you smart for life because it helps all your decision, decision-making decision processes. You just think about when it comes to sin, sinful behavior. It wasn't like he didn't, he, he didn't want you to have any fun. I mean, like, yeah. take sex. He's like, you can have all you want. Get married. Let the good times roll. Okay. But all these things that he seems to limit us, well, they're, they're for our better. They're, they're, they're a better decision for your life. Yeah, you know, I don't have to worry about a sexually transmitted disease. That's never crossed my mind because I trusted God, and I was like, "Well, that saved me from a lot of, you know, I'm not worried about getting the coronavirus and dying because I'm like, if God wants to heal me, He will, and if He don't, He'll raise me. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't lose. So all of a sudden, guess what? Since I'm focused on the way, the truth, the light, I start making better decisions, and that I think that's what it boils down to. To me, the Supreme Court justice, and if we can get somebody in who's more in line, even though they're supposed to just interpret the law, we know that's impossible because we're humans. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, if you're interpreting it through the vein that you have a trust system that's based on this, I want you in there. <laughs> me too. Because I yeah. think this is but, right. But you know, they. they but it, it bothers me that uh, that when they vet these these nominees, that they will they have tried in the past to disqualify someone based on the fact are they a Bible believing Christian? And I'm like, that's exactly the person that I want in the position, <laughs> primarily because of what you said. We put somebody in there who has some materialistic worldview. I well, I don't, Zach, <laughs> I, don't, it, I, don't I don't trust them. I don't look, trust anybody. And so I think if there's Jesus a healthy... is the truth, doesn't that in a way nullify all other tr- little t truths? Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Yeah, that's why the that's why the ways capitalized. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.